0: We are surrounded by more information and insight than any other generation in history. Yet the general population, especially the Christian population, is decidedly ahistorical. We float through our lives with no understanding of how we truly arrived at this moment in time. We can easily find out who won the 1925 World Series, what the first words muttered into a telephone were, or why Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the door at Wittenberg. But outside of a few factoids and a disjointed web of dates, what does the past have to do with us today? What heritage does it have in the present state of affairs, with its art, politics, and technology? If you're a Christian, the answer is more than a single podcast can cover. Over the course of its 2,000 years, Christianity has created great nations and peoples. Those people have created great innovations in technology. They've painted great paintings and sculpted great sculptures. They've written great books, music, poems, and plays. They've built great churches and cities. If there's something you love about your modern world, odds are you wouldn't be here if it weren't for some very real Christian influence on history. With principles such as the dignity and superiority of all human life, the natural selfish state of man, the existence of a metaphysical reality, the uniformity and knowability of the universe, And the importance of the written word it's hard to overestimate how much of modern life was actually introduced or perfected by christians as christians today the body we were grafted into was actually born two millennia ago and rose through history to produce you and me to render glory to god in this exact time and place but what will we do with this inheritance are we gratefully living doing and making things for his honor Do the stories we tell ourselves and others glorify the one true, gracious, and triune God? Do we desire to create in our Father's footsteps, following His lead as the creator of all goodness, truth, and beauty? Or does God deserve better? You're listening to God Deserves Better, a program dedicated to equipping the saints to create like our Creator. Welcome to God Deserves Better. I'm your host, Zach Lovelace. And I'm Jonathan Laura. Nice to meet you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. We, Johnny and I both, uh, come from the Christian television industry. uh, And collectively, we have about almost 10 years of experience uh, working in that field. And then also have other creative projects outside of that uh, specific
1: ministry. And so, yeah, we're filmmakers and we love Jesus. Amen. In our experience, uh, professional experience working in the Christian television industry, we have come across this thesis basically several times that what we're making god deserves better Mm -hmm. unpack that actually what does god deserves better mean when we were working together uh we would often be surrounded by guys
0: that that sentiment was a very common sentiment so something that we slowly picked up on as being part of like a disjointed movement yeah if you will of christian creators not just filmmakers, but musicians and, and every other kind of art, finding ourselves saying, I think God deserves better than this. It's always true. That's the tricky part of that <laughs> phrase.
1: We are all imperfect humans, well, glorifying a perfect savior.
0: It is a little bit of a uninspiring, I'll never be good enough. How will I ever measure up?
1: Yeah, I mean, it really depends on your theology and how you, how you look at this whole issue. And that really dictates your response to that That's statement, true. God deserves better. So first of all, just to really encapsulate what this means, for those of you who may not. You got this far and you have no idea. For those of you who have gotten this far and may have no idea what God we're talking about, we are talking about the God of the Bible. Yep. The Christian God. Yes. The the triune Christian God uh, as seen in the 66 books of the Bible. The one true God
0: deserves better. Yeah. And and that, that deserves portion of that, I think, is intimately wrapped up in the relationship between creator and creature we owe god everything because he's given us life which is kind of hard to grasp for modern people uh i think we're just in an age that's kind of defined by ingratitude Uh, that's that's kind of what the opening monologue is all about is that what are we going to do with all of this yeah can we actually render god an amount of gratitude the answer obviously is no we can't actually justify ourselves before god but in terms of the works that he has saved us for i think through christ and through the spirit totally you look at Exodus when God was having different craftspeople make the tabernacle and even the temple later on uh, with David, they made a real thing and it pleased God. Obviously, we don't have a direct pipeline yeah. to God in terms of I'm hearing exact, you know, this film needs to be 99 minutes long <laughs> and six frames. 16 by nine ratio. Would God like four by three? Four by three. God likes four by three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, 30 man. frames. Yeah. Yeah. 30 frames per second. Yeah. The, the deserves aspect of God deserves is something that I think exclusively in the Christian, like you said, your theology Mm -hmm. is kind of born out in there that the Christian God who came and lived a perfect life and freed me from having to perform my way to heaven. Yes. Christ already did that. Mm -hmm. So my films, my works of art,
1: they don't contribute to that. It's just the fruit of my gratitude. Yeah. I would say the goal is threefold. We're basically trying to call up our fellow saints, our fellow Christian brothers to make better films, not just on the theological side, but on the technical side as well. And we're taking this from a very humble stance that Zach and I have not arrived. No, Um, no, we are with (laughs) you in the trench. Yes. And God deserves better
0: than Johnny and I, uh, that first and foremost applies to both of us in this film is a language. Yes. And if you barely know Spanish or barely know Russian, you're not going to be as proficient in communicating if you're choosing to communicate that way can you speak fluid cinema as a film watcher as well like you can dissect film much better yes. if you understand like it is the marriage of a ton of arts so you have the drama of theater the performance of theater you have a little bit of the choreography of dance um, obviously for musicals and stuff like that but even blocking in a scene music paintings photography yeah. that's composition that's color how light plays in a scene and editing. Editing is the thing that's actually just almost exclusively film. Yeah.
1: Um, obviously television as well. The arranging of images to produce a certain emotional reaction. Yeah, that's actually ties into a quote I have from Sergei Eisenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, Now why should cinema follow the forms of theater and painting rather than the methodology of language, which allows wholly new concepts of ideas to arise from the combination of two concrete denotations, of two concrete objects Language is much closer to film than painting is He was one of the pioneers in Russia Soviet Union We love the film. Soviet Union but, uh. <laughs> uh, I'll let Zach speak for himself <laughs> Yeah uh, <laughs> But he was one of the pioneers of film And he's famous for Battleship Potemkin mm-hmm. the Famous stair scene mm-hmm. uh, The baby stroller going yeah, yes. If you've been in film school you You know that scene Film is telling a story mm-hmm. And it is a language Mm-hmm. is a very effective language.
0: I agree. As a writer, that's an interesting thing to think about cuz there's a whole I was watching one of these videos the other day, these iceberg videos. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. an iceberg of linguistics. It is so cool. We'll put the link in the description. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh <laughs> but it is interesting and then to think about film being equally as deep as that and uh film doesn't have a different language. It's not all I mean, obviously there's like subs and dubs and stuff like that, but like a close up means the same thing Because it's tied very intricately to how God created us as creatures to take in this information. High contrast
1: lighting Mm -hmm. is a very dramatic scene. Yeah, the tilted angle is like uneasy. Yeah, but yeah, I would say that's probably the main reason as to why films are so important. Vladimir Lenin of the the Bolshevik revolution again, going
0: back to Soviet Russia. I'm not actually a Soviet or anything, just Johnny and I have a, a, a... uh, a long buried uh, short film that we, an animated yes. short film about a Soviet superhero that maybe
1: you'll learn about at some Maybe we'll see the light of day at some point. Maybe, maybe.
0: But Vladimir Lenin once said something to the effect of cinema is the most powerful form of communication that he had ever seen. And this is early 19 teens. And he still made that statement kind of crazy for him. Yeah. Said, Cause nowadays you could, you could see that it's like very obviously you could see that. Oh yeah. We live in a, in a video and film dominated world now. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny, you said this is threefold.
1: The goal of GDB is threefold. Yeah. The second one I would say is tear down that sacred and secular divide that we see in film. All of film belongs to God. Every film is a Christian film because we're Christians. Yes. And
0: unabashedly, I believe that the Christian God created this world and there's not an inch or molecule of it that doesn't belong to him. And so that would mean the divide here is that there are films that glorify God and tell the truth. And there are films that tell lies. Sure. Sure. Uh, about god's
1: reality like lots of films yeah Uh, i would say today it's a lot more at the surface obviously it's a lot more propaganda like so what you're saying is that there are films all film belongs to god because
0: all of reality belongs to god yes but there are films that are obedient in depicting his reality
1: yes whatever that might be whatever the camera is pointed at and there are films that are disobedient i would say more obedient and less obedient because it's all his reality yes it might you know purposefully trying to disobey but you still cannot escape the reality of god oh yeah and as hard as you try romans one would say that every i mean the atheist knows what they're doing yes you know if i'm
0: making some awful last temptation of christ or something (laughs) like that that's just a totally blasphemous movie that is exploring a non-reality about jesus that's like the height of disobedience yes as opposed to the passion of the christ yes (laughs) (laughs) no Great movie, very, very technically great movie, but we'll, we'll get into that. That's a whole, we'll put a pin in that. Yeah, fashion. put a pin in that. So put another way, neutrality doesn't exist. Neutrality doesn't exist. There are, there are efforts for God or against God. That's it. And I've heard Pastor Doug Wilson say it this way, that it's, it's not whether, it's which. So it's not whether or not something glorifies God or that whether or not this is something that is God's, but it's which God's. Who does it belong to? Secularism is not neutral. It is always espousing. And this is something that's like super easy to see nowadays. Sure. Easier than ever, especially with the kind of subgenre of YouTube conservative critics, uh like picking on Disney movies uh <laughs> as a career, basically. Uh and they deserve it. Don't get me wrong, those movies deserve to be bullied into non existence. Oh, yeah. But this idea that Christian films are this tiny little subgenre that have like D list actors in it kind of at the end of their career and, and Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> and Kevin Sorbo. He's a C-list. Uh, okay, yeah, I mean, C-list, D-list. Yeah, it, it, it's like a an awkward artistic place where yeah. it's more evangelistic than it is cinematic. And I think there's, things are getting better in that regard. Oh, yeah. Um, those films are getting better technically.
1: But really, there's no such thing as a Christian genre uh, is what we're saying. Now, you said there's no such thing as a Christian genre. Mm-hmm. I would say there is, there, sh- but there shouldn't be okay yeah (laughs) Uh, and I would say that film as a medium is Christ's to better clarify our stance film as a medium is Christ's I like that yeah to
0: kind of hammer this home there's people who might be listening and they're like oh that's not true I don't want to believe it here's some proof cinema's been around for almost over a hundred years and maybe 10-15 years in uh, we had the emergence of the Hays Code Mm -hmm. uh, which was a self-imposed set of rules in 1934 because the Hollywood system, the studio system, and the films that were being created, the actors and everything, had earned the title of the new Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Christian population watching, which was the majority of the U.S. back then, was watching films with a lot of disdain and concern about the way things were going. And so a group of Catholics, and some Protestants got together, and they created this code that dominated the Cinematic landscape for about 30 years until 1968. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the reason they did that is because they knew what the films that were being made were not neutral. And you see it nowadays, especially like I'm espousing a view about a marriage, Mm -hmm. about homosexuality. That's not a neutral take. In what world is that a neutral take? You're saying something about the nature of humankind and that by definition is a moral claim. It's how human beings should and shouldn't act. So there's no neutral playing ground. And to believe that there is, is to just concede. You can't just make a neutral film. It's always espousing. It's always lifting the audience's morals toward scripture
1: or lowering them. Yeah. yeah. And now going into, as we teased it, the third pillar of God deserves better, become better filmmakers. And like I said before, this applies to both Zach and myself. We want to become better at our craft in the technical sense mm-hmm. not just uh in the in the theological sense yes not just having a, a good understanding or the right
0: understanding yes. portion of how to view mm-hmm. it but rather how to actually execute a, a big verse that johnny and i go back to is proverbs twenty two twenty nine. do you see a man skillful in his work he will stand before kings he will not stand before obscure men i, I don't it doesn't qualify secular or not secular it's just kids. So we're the
1: obscure men as Christians. I'm, I am 100% an obscure man. <laughs> the only one who sees what I'm doing is God. Yeah. Um, so Zach, why would you say we should seek to be better filmmakers to unpack this point a little bit more? Yeah. To piggyback off of the
0: Proverbs 22:29, we should seek to be better filmmakers because it gives God more glory. And it communicates something about his world and his reality. I mean, even just saying that God owns all these things is true. We shouldn't live by lies. Everything you do, eating, drinking, or making movies, should be unto the Lord.
1: So what does it mean to give God glory in filmmaking? In the technical sense, it means to be masters of our crafts, like you said. And uh, what is the medium we are using? How it is used effectively? To have the right purpose in mind. Yeah, I think a lot of Christians set out with film to be a tool to spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. that is a good thing to want, but it cannot be done as directly or else it becomes ineffective. And almost like I would say an echo chamber. Oh yeah. Um, The literally preaching to the choir. Yes. Yes. People who
0: consume these films are Christians. And I would say they're primarily from my own like understanding and, and just seeing people watch them and talk about them. It's primarily a Christian wife whose husband doesn't go to church, but at least I'll get him to watch this movie. So they all have that kind of
1: hallmarky feel. Cheesy, lifetime, yeah lifetime high on emotion schmaltzy yeah you know kitschy oh yeah he's gonna get saved at the end don't worry
0: yeah. dude i'd love to see one made in total total cheese like everything is the exact same but
1: then the guy doesn't get saved at the end <laughs> he just walks away that's good hey. um but yeah like even to the history of art christians have mastered their craft you know there's paintings books Everything well, that we said that rolls into filmmaking. Yeah.
0: We've been masters previously, and we have this little hiccup in history. Uh, I'm in the middle of reading this book called The World Beyond Your Head by Matthew Crawford, and he talks a lot about that idea. The transfer of knowledge from one generation to another is is extremely hard, and it's not as simple as we think it is in terms of education.
1: There's so much more to me. This generation has access to the world on in their pocket, and... I would say we are not as bright as previous generations. That's a very kind way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We are not as bright. We are better equipped nowadays. This goes
0: back to our third pillar, to make films as Christians, not plugged into the Hollywood system. Cameras used to be as big as a room. Like literally Edison's camera was the size of a shed. Uh, And nowadays we've gotten to it, it's in our pocket. And I get that gets overplayed a little bit. Like going back to Campus Movie Fest, the better cameras they they will technically make a better film but if you have an amazing story mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you're shooting on
1: you still need to have better techniques I would argue as well on top yeah. of the
0: story the technique as I was saying yeah. the, the cinematic language if you're good with cinematic yes. language even with your iPhone knowing what limitation okay my iPhone has one focal length what can I do here try not to stretch people's understanding of what they're watching if I'm going to make a film with just my iPhone yeah. then make a film about someone FaceTiming like yeah. two people FaceTiming or a found footage film or a found footage film exactly like we've seen so much and so we're we're so hyper aware of cinematic language nowadays we it, we cannot fumble it mm-hmm. like we have to be absolute masters and even there's no excuse there's really no excuse cuz there are so many youtube channels that will teach you what to do there are master classes there are schools you can go to there are books you can crack open and the patient man wins you know you don't need to rush things you can gather as much knowledge as you can and i think unfortunately i do think you have to be a jack of all trades the the film structure out in hollywood is like, starting off you do yeah you, you got to wear multiple hats yeah and you'll work your way up to a more specialized area and as you grow also what's great about film is that you get to taste so many different things oh yeah you may
1: realize i like costuming yeah like out of everything or production design or something um or i, I found know. out i liked animation halfway through my career yeah that's true so. that's very true and
0: that's something that you still continue to do yeah uh, and professionally are are getting um, where we're working a small agency you're still getting animation work. Yeah. And like you said, you're starting to specialize over time. Yeah. So the three pillars to kind of recap, the point of GBB is to cover these three big pillars. One is equip the saints for cinema that you need to learn and master the cinematic language as a viewer and creator. And then pillar number two, the sacred secular divide. It doesn't exist. Stop acting like it exists. Film belongs to Christ. Yes. And then finally to become better filmmakers, the, the final pillars to become better on a technical level. Uh, as well as theological level, that these things should be held in proportion. I should be a master of my craft and I, will, I won't stand before obscure men. I won't just be making videos for my mom. <laughs> I, I was, obscure woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I do think it's theologically connected that you get better at your craft. I'm sure Paul made amazing tense. Yeah. I think craft is kind of like the, the vessel for glorifying Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's inescapable. Like as yeah. we said before, like uh, I could be creating nike shoes yes uh it's a lot more at stake with
1: certain jobs clearly but it it, we would be better if we treated it like that as well Mm -hmm. uh that there is a lot at stake with film there is it sculpts american society and
0: it sculpts people's imaginations but so yeah those are our three pillars and while you're listening to god deserves better we want these conversations between johnny and i and guests that we're going to have you would profit listener that you would profit off of these conversations that we have because you yourself
1: are having them our our long-term goal is we want to have a network with you guys and just have a a good films that glorify christ great things create like our creator uh and
0: and be inspired to to do that so let's land this plane that's a lot of big talk we talked through our three pillars got to know a little bit about us and to hold dear some things just as a a matter of closing here is that second corinthians 5 9 that we make it our aim to please him that in all of this that we're not being, we're not just dunking, we're not just dunking on people. I feel like I hear that a lot. Yeah, I hear and see that a lot in Christianity. So pick on the,
1: the unpopular kid.
0: It is as opposed to call him up. Yeah, you know, just wait till I get my confidence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I want Christian true. filmmakers to be more confident yeah. and professionally, technically. That that is something that we we seek to do. It's so much easier as fellow Christians and film enjoyers. It is so much easier to tear down Christian films or the Christian genre. Yeah, um, but we really need to build each other up, like the the dweebs in high school. Yeah, the dorks. You know, you, it's so much easier to give them a wedgie.
0: It than is, than and, and, and you want an to. You really want to, and sometimes they deserve it. Sometimes they deserve an atomic wedgie.
1: They have a very punchable face. Yes, yes,
0: that is a good way to describe it. Uh, but as as somebody who has a punchable face.
1: I can say that if we can
0: call them up and out to make films because God owns cinema, that hopefully our films can turn people's affections toward God and goodness, truth and beauty. So just to tease a little bit, can we tease people? Sure. A little bit. I know we said we're not going to bully people, (laughs) but can we tease them? We're going to tease you to what we have upcoming script contests, reviews these are all big goal things but we would love it absolutely i'd love to read somebody's part of building the network exactly Uh, ranking movies commentaries um, interviews teaching resources and obviously work of our own like pumping out stuff that we want to do our our soviet (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) uh that yeah you you might see that (laughs) gdb might be the thing that actually is able to bring that to life so let's get out there and uh, work heartily for our good and gracious god the redeemer of men Thank you for listening to God Deserves Better, a production of Pemmican Studios.